Hey guys, I just wanted to jump on real quick. Um, this wasn't a planned episode or anything. I'm not even sure how long this episode will be. It could be three minutes or five or ten, depending on where I'm spiritually led. Um, I want to jump on real quick and just talk about my spiritual journey. I have been hesitant to speak about it. I'm not hesitant because I did actually talk about my how meditation saved my life, and it actually has. Um, meditating every day has brought me a peace unlike anything else I've ever felt. Um, and I know when I miss, I know if I'm missing, like suppose I go a day without meditating or maybe two days max, I can feel it because stuff starts to enter my energy field that is not me. I'm an empath, so I pick up other people's feelings. I'm also the type of empath that picks up other people's personalities. For a while, I just thought it was like me being fake or, you know, just liking their personality better than my own, but it's not. Because I, I could watch a movie, if I watch a series of TV shows, like the season, the person I like best in that TV show, I pick up that energy. And I've picked up energy from people who are around me all my life. Um, but that's not what this is about. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> this is about my path and what I'm doing in it. Now, as I said, I'm an empath. But I am also a medium. I know. Hair stands on your arm when you hear it and you don't understand it. And you're like, oh, Lord, she's crazy. I can't listen to this. That's devil worship. It's not. Um, it's a gift that I was born with. It's a gift my mom has had for quite some time. Um, we always thought she was crazy, though. She would say to me, there's a lady sitting on the end of the bed. And because I couldn't see her, because my dad couldn't see her, because my sister couldn't see her, because my brother couldn't see her. And for those who know me, I'm talking about Coke or Bruce. Um, well, you know, I call him Coke. Y'all call him Bruce. Uh, we, we just dismissed it. But as time went on, she was able to tell my mom was able to tell me about every one of my children. Uh, I'm about to get real real here, and so hold on to your seats, I guess. I'm about to just tell it all again. She told me about Lil, how Lil would be, and how Lil would look. Sure enough, I had Lil. Lil is my oldest, for those who don't know. And Lil act, looked and act exactly like she would. My mom said she would. She told me about the twins, my boys, and she told me about London. Now, my last one, Helena. When I got pregnant with the boys, I had them. But I had just had London a year before. So it was one, two, three. Three babies all at once. I got pregnant right after I had the boys. Maybe four months in. And John and I were just not at a place where it could happen. It was just... And I went to my mother and was like, look, I'm pregnant again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I had went to the doctor, the university, um, the university, I went to university hospital and I lied and said, I didn't know I was pregnant so they could give me a sonogram. And um, I think the doctor found it out because she got kind of stinky afterwards and was like, you knew you was pregnant. And I was like, no, I did not. Give me my picture. So, um, because I thought I had stomach pains and all, but I didn't, I knew what was going on. Um, I don't know why I did it. I just, at the time, you know, you be in panic mode sometime and you um you just think thinking logically so that happened 
So I go to my mother's house. I don't even go right to the house at, with John. I go right to my mother's house. I run right to my mom. Bonnie, listen, <laughs> I'm pregnant again. Beat the, the boys is four months. <laughs> Lena, <laughs> look at you. Woo, London is a year. I, 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 London, I don't even think was a year old yet. Um, no, no, no. She had to be. Yeah, I think London was a year old. The boys were like a few months old. It might have been five or six months. Either way, they weren't a year yet. And I said, this is the sonogram. Look at it. She's beautiful. And my mom says, the girl. And I said, yes, and she's beautiful. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, how in the fuck am I going to have one-year-olds, a one-year-old? Well, at this point, I'm thinking London would be two. So two, one two-year-old, two one-year-olds, and a baby. And not older. And now, this is going on in my head. In my mom's head, she's thinking the same damn thing. But her thinking and my thinking is totally different. So she goes, I've known about that baby for a while because she's been following me around the house and I've been ignoring her. And I said, what? And she goes, I've been ignoring her because you have already so many children. You don't need another one. And I said, well, I have it already. I have the baby. The baby's inside of me. And she goes, no. And I walk, I leave the sonogram picture on the, her dresser. And I walk out to go get some water. I come back, sonogram picture is gone. Now my mother know that once I've gotten attached, once this big, once I know this baby's in me, it's no way in the world I'm going to have or get rid of it. It's just not going to happen. It's just, it's not who I am. It's not what I'm going to do. Or at least I thought. <sighs> After talking about it and thinking about it, I had an abortion. Now, I know some of you are listening are probably against abortion, and don't get me wrong, I am too. Um, John, I went downtown to the parent planet, and John waited for me out front. Or he can't pick me up, I'm not even sure. But I know I got out to the truck, and I was like, I will never, ever, ever have another abortion again. Do you know what they do? And I explained to him what happens, and... I cried, I cried, I cried for so long. I mourned that baby for so long. And I did it on my own because my mother <laughs> understood what was happening. And she knew what I'm, I'm going to tell you what she knew, but she knew. And John, he was so busy working and trying to support what was me, his dad at the time, my oldest daughter other children you know he was in and out of the house he wasn't really emotionally there for me and I'm not sure what he was going through emotionally but I know we weren't there for each other anyway that's not the point that's not the point the point is my mother came to me <laughs> I got pregnant with Lena my youngest uh five years after that five years I was told, even after that, let me get to this, even after that, um, they was like, you can't have any more babies. Because when I had my sons, I had John, I had Joe vaginally, but John refused to drop, so I had to have a C-section with him. And they cut me weird. So I had to get cut open again about four or five times after that to keep, to keep the wound from, because the wound wasn't healing and I could, it was burning, Right. Now, looking back on it, I probably could have sued the doctors, but I, I wasn't even in that mindset. I don't know what, but I think I, I, think I just kind of clicked out of there for a minute with all the babies. So I didn't even think about that. 
I'm not that type of person anyway. I'm not trying to come up on someone else's pain. That's not who I am. So they did it. You know, plus they did everything they could do to help me. And in the end, it wound up working out. But during that time, I wasn't getting pregnant. We wasn't doing anything to prevent a pregnancy, but I wasn't getting pregnant. And so out of curiosity, I asked my doctor and she was like, she drank some tests. She was like, oh, you can't have any more babies. You just can't. You know, the C-section messed your ovaries up or this, that, other. And I didn't really care because I was like, I have enough children. At this point, I had four kids. I was just like, yeah, okay, that's enough. Really? One day, I noticed that five years later now, I noticed that I um, haven't had my period. And I look at the day on my phone. I'm like, it's the middle of the goddamn month. And I go, well, a few days more and I'll wait. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I can't possibly be pregnant because everybody told me you can't get pregnant. So, so I don't think twice about it. Once again, some time go on and I still don't have my period. So I go to the dollar store and I buy a test. And because, you know, the, the ones in the dollar store, the same ones they use at the doctor. EPT, ain't, they ain't using no EPT. That's besides the point. The point is, the positive, I was in the bathroom and um, I looked at the test. I took the test and I looked at it and it came back positive. Well, I threw <laughs> the test into the tub and I started crying. And I called my good friend Tiffany and I told her, listen, I'm pregnant. And she was just like, Tiffany has always been Tiffany. She was just like, okay, so when we having it? When is your due date? Did you find out yet? And I'm like, Tiffany, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's like, you're going to have the baby and you'll be fine. She's always been very secure in that. I think you could, I don't think you could tell Tiffany you have 10 kids and she'd be like, it'll work out. She's just that kind of friend. She's a good friend. So I, <laughs> oddly enough, she was there when I found out I was pregnant with London. She's always been there. So I, um, Get off the phone with her and I call my cousin Nikki. Nikki, I'm pregnant. And she goes, Oh my goodness, what are you gonna do? What is John gonna say? Now, John is, uh, Nikki is actually John's cousin from marriage, but I call her my cousin because you know, cousin in law and all that, but you know, my cousin, still the same. And I go, At, at this point, I've talked to Tiffany, and Tiffany's already assured me gonna be fine so I have a little bit of calmness and confidence in me and I know in the back of my mind I'm panicking but I'm ugh, I'm only panicking because I think I'm supposed to panic I had not yet found myself but it, I also know in the back of my mind that I'm gonna have this baby so it really don't matter if I panic or not so the last call the third call I make is to my mother and I say Bonnie I'm pregnant and she goes yeah I know and I go, what do you mean, you know? Here she got that baby, that same baby that was there five years ago. Has been following me for about four months now. And I ain't say nothing. Because I didn't know if it was going to be you or Chrissy. Well, my sister, it wasn't going to be my sister. I don't know what my mother was thinking. My sister was still a kid and she wasn't even, girl, bye. So I go, how does she look? And she goes, same baby that was following me. White, blue eyes, running around here. 
for months now. And I said, okay, great. So I tell John I'm pregnant again. And he knows at this point that I'm not having no more abortion. So he just accepts it. It wasn't nothing. He could have he said he's dying of cancer. And I'd be like, well, you better get another baby before you get out of here. Not, not to say, now listen, that's not for anyone who has cancer or, you know, knows someone who's passed from cancer. And that's not to be like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, don't take it the wrong way. I would have just said that to him, but any any anyone who has cancer or known someone who's passed some cancer, which I do know someone with people who's passed some cancer, I'm not trying to be like uh you know ignorant or nothing, but I would have said that to him this this is what I would have said to him um because I was gonna have a baby that's the point I was gonna have a baby either way, so we go on throughout the pregnancy, I find out you know we're pregnant. And every time I go to get the sonogram to find out whether or not it's a girl or a boy, because my mother keeps telling me, oh, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. I can tell you, she's running around here. She's with me all the time. She's with me. But she and my mother called me in the middle of the night. That baby is in here singing. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I would go, okay. So she tells me again, again, and again, it's the baby, it's the baby. She calls me all the time. So finally, I go get a sonogram and we can tell what it, she, the baby is. And my mother's been saying this whole time, baby's light skin, super light skin, blue eyes, black hair. That's how the baby looks. She is with us. And I'm like, okay. So we find out I'm having a girl. Before I can even get back on the elevator, I'll call my mother. And she's like, I told you that baby was coming back. She's back, isn't she? I told you it was a girl. You had to find I ain't need a doctor tell me I'm talking to her right now. So that baby was my Helena. Now, I know I probably went all around, all around the Marbury Bush on that one, but I wanted to get to the point when I first said that I'm a medium. It's in my bloodline. It's who I am. And I don't deny it. And for those who listen and you think that it's devil worship or you think that I'm doing something wrong, then you're feel free not to listen. I am no longer going to deny who I am or what I am for anyone. Now, back to my spiritual path. I just wanted to give you guys an example and I'm sure there are plenty of moms out there who can feel your kids and tell you that, you know, they drink the fish or whatever. But my mom is completely different. She, she'll walk in my house and be like, there's a baby there or, well, not no babies because she only sees, she sees, and that's not the only thing she, she sees, my mother sees other people's babies too. And they probably wonder, well, Shelly, what about your gift? Now, here's the thing. I can't see spirits, but I can hear them. I can hear them. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I won't say I can't see because I have seen spirits before. I hear them more now than I see them. I'm not going to say I can't because that's putting in the universe that I won't ever be able to do it. And there's a possibility that I will be. Um, but I can hear. I can hear. I can hear when someone's pregnant and their baby talks to me. I can tell you whether that's a boy or girl. I can hear it. And I'm not giving myself accolades here because I only just started walking in this and accepting it for what it was. Um, my sister is the same way. She can see spirits, but she doesn't want the gift. She doesn't want it. She denies it. She hates it. She closes her portal. She'll call me like, it's a girl. Look, it's a little Amish girl dancing around my bed at night. Tonight. I can't deal with it. You got to get her out of here. And I'll tell her what to do to... Um, get some rest so to speak but again I've kind of went off track here this is my spiritual journey and that's what this was about um, 
I was going to say that the thing that we always hear. We are outside of this avatar. We are spirit, right? Now, Christians might call it a soul or whatever, but it's the same thing. You're not... You're not um, just this avatar. So you can't just identify with being this black avatar, this white avatar, because you might have been black or white in a past life. You don't even know. But who are you authentically outside of your avatar? Who are you when you're no longer in this body, this avatar is gone and in the dirt. Who are you? Before you came here, who were you? And that's what my spiritual journey is about. I'm trying to connect with the authenticity of who I am outside of being labeled a black woman and connect with my higher self. I listen to my intuition. I'm going to say it again. People might call it discernment. People in church, discernment. But it's the same thing. It's intuition. It's your higher self guiding you, that inner voice. If you're driving down the street and you hear, turn right, even though you know you should be turning left because that's the way to your job, but you turn right anyway. And then you get to your job and you realize it was an accident that would have stopped you for an hour and a half had you turned left. That's your intuition. And the more you listen to it, the stronger it will get. And you will no longer have to... You will no longer have to rely on other people's opinions of you. Because you will know who you are without the outside influences. So I guess... Like I said, it wasn't supposed to be, this wasn't supposed to be like a full-on podcast. I just was led to talk about it. Um, I was just led to say, hey, who are you outside of this avatar? I see so many people and I'm not knocking them. They go online and they go, hey, black pride, white pride. I mean, I don't see anybody saying white pride. I don't think anybody can say that openly. I mean, I'm sure people say it, but no one on my timeline but outside of this black skinned meat bag, who are you? Who, who are you, the one listening right now? When you're, okay, suppose you are home alone and you're, sitting there and I think I've said this in a past podcast and you're just sitting there and your mind is quiet you have no thoughts running through it your mind is not racing who are you in that moment are you someone who likes to draw are you someone who feels drawn to help other people are you someone who feels drawn to travel are you what is your soul crying out for and I get it. I'm not just saying go drop everything right now. Stop your nine to five job or whatever. But in this time, in this moment where the Rona has everyone sitting still. Take this time to plant seeds 
for who you really want to be. For what you really want to be. I jump on Facebook once a day now because it was too much. As I said in the beginning, I'm an empath. It was too much. The fear was too much. It was too, it was just so much. And I would have to get off and shield myself and cover myself in a white light and ground myself because I, I, I couldn't determine what was my feeling and what was others. And I know for a fact, I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I know it. So when I got off, I would be like almost having an anxiety attack. So like I said, I get on once a day. The other parts of the day, I'm developing me. I'm developing what I want to do with my business. I'm developing what I want to grow and what I want to manifest. And I, I'm not like saying it like I'm some superstar or nothing like that. Any of us could do it. You just have to take this time, jump off of Facebook. Don't feed into the fear because fear feeds fear. You ever notice how you're watching a scary movie and the people. Okay, so suppose like me, I'm a horror fanatic. And I've been watching horror movies since I was younger. My uncle Chris, God rest his soul, would watch horror movies. And we had no choice but to watch it because my grandma only had one TV. And you and I were going to sit there and look at a wall. We were going to sit and watch what he was watching. So you watch horror movies. And you became the person who loved Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, who's that? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Lena. The one with the saw... The mask. The one we watch. Okay, I'll show you later. Um, so suppose you're watching a horror movie. You ever been watching one? And like I was saying, I, oh, I done got off track. Lena threw me off. So suppose I'm watching a movie. And I know for a fact I'm not scared of the movie. But let's say... Betty, Becky, Jim, and Tim in the movie, and they are shivering, and like their fear is like thick. You know, you could feel it. That energy coming off, even though it's a movie, coming off of them, you pick up. So now you're in your house, hunched over with the lights off, with the blanket over top of your head, knowing fully well there's nothing in your house. Fear feeds fear. That's the best way I can explain it, I guess. So in this time, use love as an example. Love the people you are around. And I know that's difficult sometimes because sometimes people you're around are toxic, right? <clears throat> and I don't know if toxic is a new trigger word. So, you know, everybody uses it. But suppose the people you're around are toxic. And you're like, girl, how the frack am I supposed to be around this one when he ain't did shit but ruin my life? Distance yourself. Only interact when necessary. When you're not interacting. Ground. Meaning go outside. Touch the ground. Put your feet in the dirt a little bit. Exchange that energy back into the earth. And come up with something. Touch a tree. Go out in your backyard. Grab a tree. Touch it. Just whisper to it. Hey, I need some energy. And I know it sounds crazy, but if you look it up, it works. Send out the energy of love because that's what you want to get back send out the energy of healing because that's what you want to get back send out the energy of people getting what they want manifesting what they need and want at this time because that's what you want to get back
that's all guys I know I was all over the plate and I was all over the board but it was just led to me I was just sitting here and I was led I was sitting in front of my ancestor altar and I was led to do it and so here I am I'm going to hop off of here it is 9 41 a.m. I'm going to hop off of here Monday morning I'm going to hop off of here and get these kids some breakfast made and start them on their homeschooling lessons Ugh, I don't know how long it's going to last because Really, I was already homeschooling Lena, but I had the other three, and then Lil is here, but she's in college, and I, don't, you know, I don't know. I guess she got online lessons for my teachers, and the lessons my kids did get, the teachers don't even count as a grade, so I don't even sure what. I guess it's just to keep their mind going, but I already paid for the damn uh, homeschooling for them, so boop, we're doing it. Probably not every day though. I, I can guarantee you it's not gonna be every day because I don't have the patience for it. I know I don't. I know that my sons are going to test me in every way possible. Do we got it? Anyway, guys, I want you to get off of here and I want you to have a fantastic day. No matter where you're at, no matter who you are, no matter what you're listening, no matter where you are in the world right now. Send out the energy of love. Receive it back. Um, let me know, guys. Let, you know, let me know what y'all think. Jeez, I keep getting and I'm not listening. <laughs> I am not complaining about the plays I get because I look at the record. Sometimes I like I, I put it up and once I put it up, it's out there. But I look and it's like, oh, you have two plays. And then I look up and it's like, you have 45 plays. Oh, I have an audience of 11. So I don't know where the mother plays coming from. But thank you. Anyway, guys, I love you. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic fucking year. I'm out.